Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. In the book of John, chapter number 3, talking about fathers, and uh, I'm going to use John chapter number 3, and then we'll go over to, and I know Brother Chris preached this uh, a couple of weeks ago in Luke chapter number 15, but I want to use that just for a minute. But in John chapter number 3 and verse number 16, it's very easy to find. It's the last of the, uh, of the uh, chapters of, of John. Uh, you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But anyway, here in chapter number chapter number sixteen, uh, chapter number three and verse number sixteen, the Bible says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved." I'm gonna stop right there with reading. We all know what goes on after that. But here we see in John chapter number. 3 and verse number 16, we see the love of God. I mean, uh, we see a father's love. And that's what I wanted to just use there for a minute before I get into Luke chapter number 15. But I see here, I see a father's love is expressive in his actions. When he says, he, God so loved, he so loved this world. I mean, it, was, it, it went to great extent for him and I, I know that God, He didn't need anybody. He had, the, he had the angels. He had all those in heaven that would praise Him. But God needed somebody to fellowship with. And I believe God here, He's expressive there. He said He so loved you and I that He created man in His own image that we might fellowship with God. I mean, I talk to God every day. And He talks back to me. Not in a... A, 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 a literal voice there, but in my heart, God is speaking to me every day. And God is telling you and I that He really, really loves us. Just like you and I, we should love our children. And I do. I love my two boys. And, uh, but God, it says God's love is expressive in its actions. But then it comes on to say that God's love in its extraordinary in its choice how he chose the world. I mean, the people of the world he chose to serve him and to fellowship with him. And then he says it's not only that, but the Bible tells us that God's love is expensive in its sacrifice. He gave his only begotten son. I mean, how many of you and I, and I have two boys today, but I wouldn't give one of those boys for none of you. And I, I'm not saying that to be ugly, but God loved this world enough that He let His Son come and take all the abuse that He had taken there. I mean, He was beaten with the cat of nine tails. I mean, He was, he was literally opened up and, and, and they took all of His clothes off there and then they took Him out to Golgotha's hill and hung Him on that old rugged cross for you and I. So it was expensive in His sacrifice. God sacrificed the very best for you and I. 
And I believe that you and I as fathers, we need to do the same thing as sacrifice unto the Lord. Listen, I've been saved for almost 50 years. And uh, I, we always made a promise. It was, 11, it was eight years before we ever had any children. And it was told to me that I would never have any children. But uh, they, don't know God, they don't know my God. My God knows everything. And uh, so uh, eight years later, along come a little son. And uh, I, we had made a promise, me and my wife had made that promise, if we ever have any children, we're going to raise them for the glory of the Lord. And I have sacrificed through the years to keep my children in the service of the Lord. Listen, I didn't hardly have the way to pay. But anyway, we've always kept them in a Christian school. We've always kept them in the, a place where they can learn the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it paid off, Brother Greg. I mean, it's paid off. But God gave you and I the very best that we could have that you and I may serve Him in a good way. That's what I'm looking at today. As fathers. Listen, I remember that first one, the one that sang here a while ago, he and his family. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of them, but... Jonathan was our firstborn. And I remember uh, as, we, uh, as a father there, I didn't know anything about babies. I didn't know anything about changing diapers. And I didn't know anything about making bottles. And I didn't know anything about washers and dryers. I, didn't, I had never done all this. But when he came along there, my wife uh, pulled something in her back and she was across the bed there for almost, I think, around six weeks and she didn't get off the bed there. I had to make bottles. I had to feed the baby about four or five times a day or night and I had to change diapers. I had to wash clothes and I did all these things. But why did I do that? Because I love my family. I remember getting up, I, see, and we got, I still got the rocking chair, Brother Greg, in my house, that I sat there and rocked that baby, and it squeaks, you know, eh, 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 eh. And, I, and Jonathan, he'd wake up sometimes about 12 o'clock, and I'd have to get up and stagger around. I had to go to work at 7 o'clock every morning. Anyway, I would stagger around there, and, and I would, uh, I would uh, uh, go get a bottle there, and about the time I stuck the nipple in his mouth, he'd go back to sleep. Oh, did I feel, I felt just like taking him and saying, no, you're going to drink all of it before, you're going to drink every bit of it. You know, I had to get up and make, you're going to drink it all. But I would put him back down and maybe a couple of hours, he'd do the same thing again. I'd have to go make another bottle and feed him. And that went on for several weeks there. I was doing this. I'd have to get up every morning and make the bottles, do all these things there, and then carry him over to one of the girls who was in the Bible college there, and she would keep him all day. I would get up at 5 o'clock. I would get off work at 5 o'clock pick him up, take him home there, put him in the bed with my wife there, put the ball aside the bed there, and then go to school until 10 o'clock at night. But I did all that because I loved my family, loved my son. I mean, I was so proud because we weren't supposed to have any, but we had that one there. And then about the time, I, that was in my second year of Bible club, College, which is your, your hardest year. And, and then uh, the fourth year of uh, Bible college there, it was my hardest year when along came Joshua. I looked up into heaven and I said, Lord, I said, so long, but yet and still we've got these two. Is that enough? 
but I had to take all that I could get there but because I love my family. So he, God's love is expensive in his sacrifice because he sacrificed the very best for you and I, his son. And then God's love is extensive in his offer. He's offered his son to the whole world. Don't come tell me that there's the elect few that's going to be saved. Because I know with all my heart today that God offered His Son to be the sacrifice for the whole world. But oh, I mean, He, he didn't just say just a few there, but He says he, His love is extensive and he, it's offered to the whole world. And then number five is God's love is exclusive in His bestowal, but that all you've got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother and I went 25 years, 24 years before I ever come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I mean, I would pass by the churches there and the people would be out in front of the churches there. They would be talking and all these things. And even this church here, when the racetrack was over there, all we used to do was race cars. I'd ride by the church here and I'd say, all oh, those people have got to be crazy. Oh, they waste half of their time going to church on Sunday. And I'm out here having a good time. I mean, I'm having a good time at the racetrack and doing all these things that we used to do on a Sunday there. Go down to the lakes and, and ski and have a good big time down at Twin Lakes. All these things there. I didn't know all you had to do was to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But on September 17th, 1972, the Holy Spirit of God came to me after I'd been going down to Grace Baptist Church and he came, he came to me and he said, Hey, this is it. You've got to be saved. You've got to be saved or you're going to die and go to hell. And I'm glad that I turned loose of that pew there and went forward and told the preacher I wanted to be saved. I got saved on September 17, 1972, uh, and I'm glad today I hardly ever miss church. I love to be in the house of God. This is my family here. I've got other family there. I've got a brother. I've got a sister. And you know, I still love them, but I'm going to tell you what. This is my family here. They're closer than my real family. But I didn't know that all we had to do was just to believe. The Bible says, whosoever believeth. And I was one of those whosoever. And I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what it says there. Number six says, God's love is exceptional in its works, should not perish. Now, brother, I'm not one of those that believes that you can get it and lose it and get it and lose it and get it and lose it. And I mean, I go to church on Sunday and I got it and then get out Monday morning and I wonder all week long if I still got it. Listen, God, by the grace of God, by God's good grace, I still, I'm still saved almost these 50 years. I've never worried about it, Brother Greg. Never worried. I mean, every day. I know I'm a sinner by, I'm just a saved, I'm a saved sinner this morning. And the reason is because Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and I. I'm a saved sinner on my way to heaven. If I fall dead this, this, this morning, listen, don't weep for me. I mean, what, what, what sins are you talking about? God don't even remember my sins. I told my wife, I said, listen, when I die, and I don't know if she'll do it or not, but I said, when I die, I said, put me in the casket, roll me up here in front of this pulpit here, and tell Brother Ward to stand there and have camp meeting, preach the word of God, tell those lost people that come, if they come to my 
come to my, I think about having my viewing the day before the funeral. That night before, I have a night funeral because all these people, you know, they got an excuse that they can't come to the visitation because they have to work. I'll have a night funeral. Me and, me and, me and, uh, uh, me and Sister Arnold and Brother Arnold, we went to a night funeral one night up there in Tennessee. I mean, boy, that was the best thing I ever been to in my life. Brother, Brother Arnold came there, and God bless him. I, I, we was, I was up at the, uh, uh, in Tennessee in, in uh, Pigeon Ford there. We was at the, at the rodeo show there, Dollywood, and uh, Brother Arnold, he came there, he said, man, he said, I found a church. He said, I, I, said, I know it's got to be good. He said, the parking lot's full. I said, all right. I said, I don't hardly go anywhere. I don't wear a tie if I go to church. And, and, a, and you know, at least a coat, it was kind of cool. So I said, I got to run back to the cabinet and get that, that my coat. And I said, I'll meet y'all back up here uh, uh, on Weir's Valley Road there. And uh, so Brother Arnold and Miss Arnold, they was there. And we got there, me and Josh. And, and uh, we, 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 I followed Brother Arnold. We pulled up to that church. You couldn't even find a parking place. We pulled up, got out. I got my Bible under my arm there, and there was two men standing at the door when we got there. Me and Brother Arnold and Josh, we walked up, and, and uh, Brother Arnold said, y'all having revival tonight? He said, no, we're having a wait. I said, a wait? He said, yeah. He said, y'all want to go view the dead body? I said, no. I said, I believe I'll pass this time. So Brother Arnold, he said, well, I'm going, I'm going back to the, I'm just going back to the cabin. They had a cabin over across Weir's Valley there, and, and they said they going on. So me and Josh, we got back in the car, and, and I seen another church that had a lot of cars in it. So I pulled in there, and me and Josh, we got out, and I grabbed my Bible under my arm there, and boy, we was ready for church, and I walked over and opened up the door, and Josh said, I smell something. And the lady come by, and Josh said, are y'all having a revival? She said, no, we're having a wedding. I told Josh, I said, get in the car. I said, we're going back to the cabin. I said, two strikes, three strikes in your eye. I wasn't going to try another one. But anyway, that's the reason I believe with all my heart is accepted because he said, you should not perish. I love going to church. Then we see that number seven is God's love is eternal in its blessings. It's everlasting. He said right there at the end there, he said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I've tried to figure every way in the world to get undone, and you can't get undone from everlasting. But it'd be like me trying to get unbirthed. I was birthed into this family on February the 5th, 1948, and I can't get unbirthed. I, I, just, I, just, I just love being saved. I don't want to be unbirthed. But I'm going to tell you something about fathers. I had one of the best fathers that you could. Some of you knew my dad. Thank Miss Arnold. Some of those here may have knew my dad. He would do anything for the church. He's like Brother Greg. He, he was a carpenter. I mean, he, he worked around this church, and, and when Brother Allen was here, he worked around this church, and, and then when Brother Ward came, he worked around this church here. But I'm saying if you have a father today, you ought to give him a call if he's still living. Just call him and say, hey, Dad, I just wanted to say Happy Father's Day. Listen, I don't care about gifts. I don't care about if I get anything. And my family knows that I don't care if I get anything. But I'm glad that my children, uh, they're going to go home and eat lunch with us today. And, and I'm glad they've already told me Happy Father's Day. But I can't tell mine Happy Father's Day today because he's already gone on. But if you've got a dad today, 
you need to get on the telephone and you need to call them. I mean, just if it's long distance, just call them. If you've got a cell phone, just call them and say, Hey, Dad, happy Father's Day. I love you. But I wish, I wish a million times I could see my dad again and say, Hey, happy Father's Day. But I can't. One day I will. Hallelujah, glory to God. One day I'll get to see my father again. Uh, it's just like I heard a preacher say yesterday, Brother Sammy Allen and Brother Steenit Blue, they probably having Jubilee up there in the sky. Brother Sammy and both, they've already gone on, but I'm just saying, I just can't wait to get to heaven. I, you know, I, I, people say, I want to see my father. I want to see my Savior. I want to see the one that died for me and loved me enough that I could, that, that I could have a place in heaven. And I've been thinking, I've been working at Kinderloot out there on those big old mansion houses and, and you know, at, just seeing all the people, how, how expensive stuff that they can put in those houses out at Kinderloo. I've been, I've been watching all those people. They, you know, all oh, that's going to pass away one of these days. I've been thinking, though, Brother Greg, I've been thinking, I said, Lord, I said, you know, they build these big old mansions, and they're pretty. Don't get me wrong, they're pretty. We put a lot of, of pretty stuff in there. I said, my Savior's been gone 2,000 years. He's been working on my mansion for over 2,000 years there. What in the world is it going to look like when we get to heaven? Oh, man, I can only imagine what my, what my mansion's going to look like. Listen, don't you come tell me I'm going to have a room. <laughs> don't you go tell me I'm going to have a... You know, don't tell me I'm not going to have a mansion because Jesus Christ says, in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, he said, I'd have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So I, I've got, I know I've got a mansion. But I just want to, I want to take just a minute, and that's what, that's the love of God there. But over in the book of Luke, I mean, yeah, Luke 15, just for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time. But just for a minute, I, I, I told you Brother Chris preached this the, the, the other week on, on the prodigal son. But as I begin to read this thing, I begin to think about that father. And the Bible says there in verse number 11, Luke 15, says, and he said a certain man had two sons. I thought about myself, Brother Wilbur, I've got two sons. And he said, the younger, and now I've, I've always noticed, it's always the younger son that always, you know, more. Now, now my, my younger son didn't get in trouble. He knew, he heard Jonathan enough, Jonathan got enough spankings for him and Josh both. I mean, if, if, you ever, if you've ever met a hard-headed young'un, and listen, I'm talking that old southern language, if you ever met a hard-headed young'un, all you got to do is meet my son. He's hard-headed. And uh, my wife, she has, she's whipped him, and, and, and she's given him spankings. And, and, you know, she would go in that room, and I guess Josh learned from there. But anyway, he would go in that room there, and the first thing he'd start hollering, don't hit me no more. She hadn't hit him the first time yet. But anyway, he always start, he'd, he'd say, you're hitting my hands. She'd say, move your hands. She hit him anywhere she could hit him, be honest with you. But anyway, I thought about my two sons. But he said, the younger of them, he said to the father, he said, Father, give me the portion of goods 
that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. I thought, I began to think about that father as, as that younger son gathered up all of his goods and Bible says, and, and, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. But I began to think about that father. That father, I believe every night he went in to have supper, he'd always look over there and see that empty chair. There was an empty chair at that, at that table. And I thought about how that father probably bowed his head and prayed. He said, Lord, I, I, I know, you know, I know, where, I know he's gone off into a foreign country. I know how he is. I know how wasteful he is. I know all these things there. And uh, I wonder how many fathers have really prayed for us. And uh, not only did he see those empty chairs, but I believe that father was brokenhearted. I know one time we tried that, me and my brother. Daddy told us one time, he says, sons, he said, uh, if y'all come at, can't come in, and, and I appreciate what he said. He said, if y'all can't come in at a decent hour of the, of the night, he says, you need to find you somewhere else to live. He didn't say it mean. He just said, look, he said, you're worrying your mama to death. Well, anyway, we tried. We went over on Cypress Street. That's before it became a bad place. But we went over to Cypress Street, and the lady opened up that apartment. And we walked in that apartment there, and I looked around, and, and uh, I, me, me and my brother, we walked around and looked there and looked in the kitchen at those places. Brother Greg, you know what I said? I said, well, I said, I believe I can come in at a desire of the night. I went back home. Brother, I tell you what, that, that living by yourself don't get it. And, uh, but anyway, I thought about how brokenhearted my daddy and mama was when we loaded up and left. And then those lonely nights, laying there at night worrying where your children are. Thought about that. But then I thought about how that son, he dro drove off in, or walked off and went to that foreign country there. And he didn't accomplish anything because the Bible says that he wasted his substance with right of sleeping. And when he had spent all that he had, I mean, the Bible says when he spent everything that he had, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. Brother, I've never been that bad yet. But the way it's looking now, it's getting bad. We might have a famine around here. But anyway, he was in that land there and uh, he was forsaken by all of his friends. Nobody cared anything about him. The Bible said that he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to sweet, uh, feed the swine. And I don't know, they, all y'all are probably city, city folks. How many people in here has ever slopped a hog? Oh man, I, <laughs> at least I'm not by myself. But he went there, that's what he went there for, was to slop the hogs. And the Bible says that, and that was, that was a very uh, ungodly thing for a Jew to do was to slop a hog or even be around the hogs there. So the Bible said that he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. When he came to himself, or when he realized what was going on, 
He remembered home. He remembered the Father. And I believe he repented of his sin, Brother Wilbur. I believe he repented. And the results was, he said, I will go home. I will arise and go to my Father's house. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I mean, I, I, I see one thing here. I saw this just as I was reading the other day, I, I, I saw this. The father never moved. I mean, it's just like people say, God left me. God's not going to leave you. It's like, it's like I, I, I know a lot of you know, um, I can't call his name right now. I used to pastor over at Trinity Baptist Church that passed away, Brother Hardy. Brother Hardy would never buy a truck that had bucket seats or anything between him and his wife. Now, I don't know how many of you know, anybody in here know Brother Hardy? There's a few in here know Brother Hardy. Well, Brother Hardy and his wife, I mean, I've known them for years and years and years. She always sat right side. I mean, all, if you, anywhere you've seen them, I mean, he, he, he was a carpenter by trade. He built houses, but she would come with him everywhere he went, and she would always be right side. But listen, I see these other people, you know, like me, which I have to drive. I didn't move. Steering wheel's in the same place. <laughs> My wife's the one that moved. It wasn't me. That's the same way it is with God. God is in the same place. And if you move, God's going to still be at the same place. And I believe, he, I believe he said this. I believe he says, that's the reason I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's always in the same place. You can always call on God. I mean, you know, listen, and I heard a preacher say this today, and I thought it was pretty good. You know, we always ask in God for things. We ask him for things. You know, I, I need this, Lord, you know, and I need that, and I need the other over here, and all these things, Lord, you know, I need all these things. But if God started supplying all them needs, now you listen to me now, if he started giving us everything we asked for, who would be God? I guess I would. If he gave me everything I asked for, I'd be God. But God knows what we need. I mean, he knows our need, and God said that he will supply our need, not our needs. So if you need something, God already knows. So when, that, when the son came home, he came home and he said to his father, he said, I've sinned against heaven. Not only have I sinned against heaven, he said, in thy sight, and no more word to be called thy son. But the father said to, the, to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive he was lost and is found. They begin to be married. 
I believe they had a hallelujah meeting. I believe they had a time. They brought forth the best cow. They brought forth everything, the best, everything that they had. Paul said, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a party tonight. And I believe that's the way it is when a, when a, 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 a saved person gets away from God and he comes back. I believe we ought to have a party. I believe we'll just have a good time, a merry time, because God has brought him back. Amen. I, I've never been away from God, but uh, I see some people that, you know, profess to be Christian, profess to know the Lord, and then they, they don't act like it. I mean, I don't understand it, you know. But God put that desire in my heart to be at the house of the Lord serving him every time we can. How is it with your life? I mean, are you doing what you can do for the Lord, serving him with all your heart? I thank the Lord that uh, he'll never leave me. He'll never leave me. As the pianist comes, Brother Greg comes, let me say this to you today, and I, I've, I've been there, but if you've got any kind of grudge, against anybody, against your father. Today's a good day. Get all that straightened out. If you need to just come pray, uh, the altars are open. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today to thank you and praise you for that which you've given us. Thank you for this time that we was able to be with our family. And Lord, I pray now, Lord, that if there's one here today that's lost without the Lord Jesus Christ, may they be saved before it's too late. I pray for those, maybe there's one that's drifted away. I pray, God, that you might bring them back home. Father, now have your willing way in this invitation. And what's done today, we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, for his sake, amen. Let's all stand, Brother Gray.